politics, sports, entertainment? Yeah, we've got that. It's WKOK Sunrise on News Radio 1070 WKOK and WKOK.com. Thank you so much for joining us on Top of the KOK Sunrise. Mark Lawrence here at the Anchor Desk. Rob Center just proving over and over again he's the fabulist. And so we appreciate his help and hard work. As soon as we're done with our conversation with movie Mike McGranahan, you'll be able to go to WKOK.com and download the interview on the podcast page. And that is all Rob all the time. So we appreciate his help and hard work as our producer. On the news line, as predicted, movie Mike McGranahan, professional movie critic, women in cinema advocate and author, and uh, sometimes prolific tweeter. He has a few quiet days out there. He's got words out about new movies lately, including Nomadland and a couple of other ones. Good morning, Mike. Thanks for calling in today. Good morning. How do you want to start this? Do you have a full review for Nomadland? Yeah, I'll do a full review of that one, and then we'll talk about some other new movies that are opening briefly. All right, so let's see. These, you always have these uh, great remarks, so go right ahead. Nomadland. Uh, Frances McDormand already has two Oscars, and she might need to make room on her shelf for a third. In Nomadland, she plays a woman who loses everything except her van when the factory she worked at closes down. She ends up joining a community of itinerant people who travel the country in vans and RVs taking seasonal jobs. The movie doesn't have a conventional plot. It's mostly just a character study showing how this lost woman attempts to find herself again. Nomadland was filmed in actual locations, including an Amazon fulfillment center, and McDormand's co-stars are real people who actually live the nomadic lifestyle the film is portraying. For that reason, it almost plays like a documentary. The total realism sucks you in and makes you care about the main character. Frances McDormand usually plays women who are bold or quirky. This time she plays one who's quiet and introspective. It's an amazing performance because she completely erases herself and becomes the woman she's portraying. Nomadland is an exquisite, deeply poignant film, and its authentic portrait of an unusual lifestyle is nothing short of riveting. On a scale of one to four, I give it four Fargos. Wow, four Fargos. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, that's in honor of her first Academy Award-winning movie, oh. one of my favorite films of all time. Well, yeah, how about that? Yeah, I would agree. It's a great movie. Okay, so let's uh, dig into this. Uh, this movie is all her, too, right? I mean, I can't think of any supporting character that's really uh, is going to be standing out at the end. Yeah, she is in every scene of this movie. Uh, the only other professional actor in it is David Strathairn, who plays another nomad that she kind of strikes up a, a friendship with that may or may not turn into a romance. But otherwise, everybody else is a real person who lives this lifestyle, and the filmmakers went for accuracy. They plopped Frances McDormand down in this real community, uh, in real locations, with a very minimal crew, and let her interact, you know, and there, there was some scripting going on, there were some things that were planned, but there are also moments where you can tell that these people that she's acting alongside are telling their own personal stories. So it, it's a really, really fascinating film, and of course it had a very limited award qualifying run last year, just technically a 2020 movie, it was number two on my list of the ten best films of last year, and uh, today is the day it's going to go into some theaters and also be available to stream on Hulu. Okay, so on a streaming on Hulu, and what was the first opportunity to see it? Uh, it was in some theaters last year, and, and it's going into more theaters again today, although not locally. So if, uh, if you're in this area and you want to see Nomadland, you'll have to watch it on Hulu. 
All right, so hit aisle seat, at aisle seat, if you want to get up to date when that appears at a local theater, you'll let us know. But in the meantime, Hulu is the place to go. And uh, this is the movie with uh, Frances McDormand, uh, Nomad Land, where she's just crossing the country trying to find herself. And I wondered about this idea of actors in the film as I was watching the trailer, particularly in the Amazon scene, uh, the Amazon.com scene, I should say. Um, I thought, well, boy, those individuals are a real cross-section of America. I wonder, are they extras? You know, but they're not even extras. They're just workers that happen to be there, right? Right. Uh, they wanted to film in an Amazon fulfillment center because that's one of the places her character gets a job. And Frances McDormand apparently wrote a very nice letter to Amazon asking for permission to film there, and they gave it. Okay. Uh, and that's one of the more um, cosmopolitan scenes in the movie. A lot of the movie takes place in... You know, these kind of dusty areas where they all pull the vans and RVs over and, you know, and live nomadically. But uh, a really interesting movie about somebody just trying to find themselves out on the road and taking all these different jobs and meeting these different people and becoming part of a community. I absolutely loved it. Well, I, and I know these, uh, this phenomena is accurate about the nomads. My daughter drove to California with a friend one time and took their time and uh, told us about all the many adventures along the way, and that was one of them, this idea that they came across people, that th this was their life, it was just moving from place to place and, and gathering a few dollars where they could and, and uh, just kind of living off the grid a little bit. All right, so four Fargos for Nomadland. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, thank you for that. Great film. Uh, uh, looks like a kid's movie, but might be entertaining for adults. Flora and Ulysses. Tell us about this animated film. Uh, it was live action with computer animation. This is Disney's newest film, which debuts today on Disney+. Plus, and it's about a little girl and her squirrel with superpowers. And I have to say, Flora and Ulysses is probably my least favorite movie of 2021 so far. This is the worst kind of family movie, one filled with cheap humor and fake emotions and a ton of product placement. Uh, the squirrel gets superpowers after being run over by a vacuum cleaner, and that's just the first of many, many stupid things that happen throughout the course of this picture. Uh, there's a ton of product placement for M&Ms, and, of course, the Disney owns Marvel and Star Wars, so those things are all over the place in this movie. It kind of feels like watching a 91-minute commercial, and it's just a lot of lame slapstick humor and predictable plot twists. Uh, so Flora and Ulysses, one star on that one. I really, really intensely dislike this picture. Well, and I, I saw in the trailer the uh, the. the girl inserts all these sort of Seinfeld adult lines from time to time, that things that no kid would ever say. So, right, uh, right. It's okay. obviously screen written by uh, you know, somebody who thought they were being clever and has no idea how a 10-year-old girl actually talks. Uh, right, 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 right. Yeah, well said. So, But they, they were they're, they're half decent. They were 50% funny Seinfeld lines. They just didn't belong in a kid's... Uh, well, I call everything a cartoon, but as you said, what? Live action animation. Right. Uh, the squirrel was computer animation. All right. Okay. Okay. So that uh, gets uh, maybe one, well, maybe one and a half out of uh, four. Yeah, just one star. I, I really, really disliked it. And as a parent myself, I would recommend other parents steer their kids towards something better for families. There's so many magical family films out there that there's no need to bother with this one. Okay. Blythe Spirit. Wasn't sure what to make out of that uh, the trailer. You tell us about Blythe Spirit. 
Yeah, this one is on demand today. Dan Stevens plays a married crime novelist who finds himself in a tough predicament when an eccentric mystic, played by Judy Dench, summons the spirit of his late first wife during a seance. Leslie Mann plays the first wife who's deceased. Isla Fisher plays the current wife. And this is a remake of a 1945 movie that starred Rex Harrison and was directed by David Lean. Uh, and they're really trying to capture that old sort of screwball comedy spirit in this movie. Uh, I have to say, with a little bit on the mixed side, I think the performances are really delightful. There are some scenes that are very funny. I don't think the movie ever really gelled into anything special. Uh, but if you're looking for something that's light and passable and has a few chuckles to it, you can watch Play Spirit on Demand today. It's two and a half on that one. I'm kind of on the fence. What did they want to be? We've had a lot of sort of horror, quirky, humorous films over the years. Uh, give me an example of if this film had really gelled all the characters plus a great story, it would have been similar to... Well, it's hard to say because they're really trying to capture a style of movie making that isn't done anymore. They're really trying to get those old, the feel of those old screwball comedies. And those are hard to make in today's era. I think our sense of humor as a society has changed. Uh, I think it's harder to find actors who can pull that off, although the cast here is very good. But they were definitely trying to get the feel of something that you would have seen in the 1940s, you know, with the snappy dialogue and things like that. And um, it, they pull it off reasonably well. I just think the story is a little bit on the weak side on this one. Okay, so Blythe the Spirit gets uh, two and a half there. Yeah, I wasn't sure quite what to make out of the trailer. It certainly appeared like there was some good acting, and one or two funny lines are in there, so I think that may... Yeah, it may does have some laughs. It's not, not a bad movie, just not anything that really becomes anything special. And that's in theaters and online? Uh, select theaters, although not locally, and you can rent it on demand. On demand, okay, so we'll keep an eye out for that. Uh, Demi Lovato, a uh, uh, person of Hollywood note, uh, tell us who she is in case somebody's forgotten, and uh, a lot of interesting re revelations about her drug overdoses. Yeah, I mean, she's one of the most popular pop singers around and, of course, was a famous Disney star as a child. And uh, we all know that Demi Lovato's overdose in 2018 was serious, but now we're finding out it was a lot more serious than anyone ever let on. She did a documentary about her overdose for YouTube called Dancing with the Devil that will debut on March 23rd. And in the first trailer for that documentary, she reveals that she had three strokes and a heart attack during that overdose. And at one point, her doctors believed she was only five or ten minutes from death. So this is a very uh, shocking and serious revelation. Fortunately, she survived that. But uh, in this new documentary, she's apparently going to take you through everything that happened in her life that led up to that and then what happened when she did overdose. So uh, I personally am looking forward to seeing that documentary. And how is she doing today? Today she's doing well. You know, she's uh, sober and she's healthy and she's still recording. So uh, she seems to have pulled herself together, and I hope that continues. Obviously, sobriety is a struggle. If you know anybody uh, that's been in recovery, and I know many people who have been, it's an ongoing, lifelong struggle, but she seems to be doing well right now, and I certainly hope that will continue for her. Okay, good. Yeah, I hope she gets this uh, turned around. Uh, it, it would be wonderful to think that all of the notoriety and uh, the good that she's done in musically and uh, as uh, part of Disney is uh, just a fabulous first third of a life that is uh, long and full of accomplishments and uh, accolades. Well, and something that's going to be good news, and a lot of people are going to say, oh, I can't wait. 
Paddington 3 is in the works. Yep, Warner Brothers announced it, that they are officially moving forward with Paddington 3, uh, the live-action computer-animated versions of the popular children's stories with the lovable bear who always has a marmalade sandwich tucked away in his hat. Uh, the previous two Paddington movies were global box office successes. The first one made $280 million worldwide. The second one made $225 million worldwide. And uh, those of us who have seen these movies know that they're just so warm and funny, and they make you feel good. So I can't wait for Paddington 3. All right, sounds great. Well, we'll look forward to that. And when will that be out? Uh, they don't have a timetable for it yet. They're in the early stages of getting it together. So I would say probably within another year and a half, two years. Yeah, I would say two years because they do it. Once they produce these, they test them and test them and perfect them so that they really do exactly uh, with the audience and to the audience what they want. And that's what usually happens with these. Thank you so much, Mike. We really appreciate you checking in and all the information and the reviews. We'll see you at the movies. Thank you. See you next week. And that is Movie Mike McGranahan, professional movie critic, uh, women in cinema advocate. Do as I do. Follow him on Twitter at ILSeat or check out his reviews, ILSeat.com.